Are we on track for retirement? The ever-popular retirement spitball analysis is all based around that simple question. Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 384, Joe and Big Al spitball retirement for listeners planning to retire in just a few years, wondering if they should save to pre-tax or post-tax accounts, and strategizing around long-term capital gains, dividends, and Roth conversions. Get your own YMYW retirement spitball analysis. Visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com, click Ask Joe and Al on air, and send an email or a priority voice message. Tell the fellas when you and your spouse, if you have one, want to retire, how much you'll need to spend in retirement, how much you make now, what you have saved, and any other relevant details. And don't forget to give us a name and where you're from, where or how you listen to YMYW, your drink of choice, your pet, your car. Tell us a good story because the show wouldn't be a show without you. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Appreciate you finding us on this crazy World Wide Web or Apple Podcast or Spotify whatever or it is. whatever the yep. device you listen to. You know, there's tens of thousands of these I know. Podcasts. It's, 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 it's confusing. Yeah. We get like six downloads a month. So <laughs> thank you uh, for downloading once yes. again. Um, we're close to 2 million. Aren't we something like that? Two million uh, in terms of downloads? Yeah, we are at uh, about 1.9 million. Yeah. So we're getting close to the 2 million mark. Yeah. Have a party. It's fairly exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> Just took us two million episodes. Shows. <laughs> <laughs> we we do seven shows a day. Yeah, we do. <laughs> oh, our listeners Perfect. wish we did seven Perfect. shows a day. Uh, just blast them out there. <laughs> wow, you got so many downloads. Yeah, well, right. Do two million shows. <laughs> just by accident. Though, I know. Even by mistake. Yes. Oh, I didn't mean that one. <laughs> How do I stop? Scott <laughs> <laughs> right. from California. She writes in. She goes, "Hi, Joan Big Allen, and very new listener. My husband Ted, age fifty-one, and I, fifty-two, listen to ten hours." of YMYW the past two days while on a road trip on our 2014 Acura RDX. What the hell? Can, can you can you imagine? <laughs> 10 hours. 10 hours of us? Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel so bad for Ted. I have a hard enough time doing it, let oh, alone listening I can't to even, could you imagine? I, 10 hours just by myself. Like, I have to go to bed. I've had enough. <laughs> anyway, I think, you know what, Maddie, if, if it worked for you, then... Oh, then, then fantastic. God bless you. I'm so glad I found your show. I am hoping uh, you would be able to give us some suggestions on our finances. All right. Let's uh, dive in. We got Ted retired last year while he was laid off, and then he decided he should just retire. You know, I was got teaching it. a class yeah. one time, Miracosta College, and um, I was like, yeah, anyone kind of recently retired? <laughs> And this guy raises his hand, right? Right. Yeah, I'm retired. And she's like, you're not retired. You got fired. <laughs> I was leave, like, it, leave it to the spouse to say. I was straight. like, oh, that looks like a real lovely, <laughs> happy, happy married life there. Um, all right. Back to Ted and Maddie here. All right. Um, he mostly for his physical and mental health. So that's why he retired. Yeah. Um, I'm still working and plan to keep working until 2027 when our kids graduate. My gross salary is $90,000. I contribute $19,000 to the 457. Then the remainder of our salary is just enough for our expenses. Um, but on top of our regular expenses, 
we will need $210,000 for college expenses for our children in the next six years. We have a small 529 plan with 27,000. That leaves 183,000 to source elsewhere. Details. We have two kids. Eldest has three years to go. The other one will start college this year. We will pay max of $30,000 per kid per year. Sounds like Big Al. Where are they going? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if you've checked recently, but everything is expensive. Got it. Our combined 401k is $1.8 million. Plus, we have $45,000 in my current employer's 457. Uh, There's no matching with my company, but it's pre-tax, so I will contribute to it anyway. Uh, We have combined $20,000 in the Roth IRA. We have a $280,000 rollover traditional IRA from an old 401k. Ted has $120,000 rollover traditional IRA, also from old 401ks. These rollovers were done several years ago. Unfortunately, we knew nothing about Roth IRA conversions or backdoor Roths. In fact, we haven't contributed much to Roth IRAs. Our non-retirement account is $430,000. I have many, many questions, but I'll try to limit them. Okay. Appreciate that, Maddie. (laughs) Uh, Do a Roth IRA. Okay, that's it. (laughs) Do you think it, all right, here's the question. Do you think it's realistic for me to retire in 2027 with our nest egg, especially considering that we will pay around $183,000 in education expenses and also considering the current market conditions. If I retire in 2027, our ages will be 57 and 56. Our estimated expenses is $100,000 a year, including health insurance. Uh, We are thinking that we would get the $183,000 education expense from our rollover traditional IRA account since there is no penalty to withdraw early if we're qualified education expenses. Doing this helps lessons lessen our RMD impact. At least that's the idea. But would it be better to draw from our non-retirement accounts instead? Should I continue to contribute to the 457 to get the pre-tax benefits or stop and use the cash to help pay for college instead? Or should I contribute less to the 457 and be able to put $6,000 into my Roth? Thanks again. Our ears and minds are open to your collective wisdom. Spitball away. All right. She's mapping some stuff out and she's got, um, she's got a good handle, right? She's, she's, they've saved some money. Uh, they're putting their kids through some higher education. That's costing yeah. them a pretty penny. Yep. And that's kind of the norm these days. So looking at her strategy. So looking at everything that she has saved for retirement or just total liquid assets is kind of the first step that you want to look at Maddie. Um, and so I'm counting here, what 2.2 million in retirement accounts plus another 400 and change and non-qualified. Yeah. So I, I let's use 2.6 as a, I mean, roughly of liquid assets. Yeah. So 2.6 is kind of the number. And then you have to figure out, all right, well, if that's just for retirement, you can kind of take a distribution rate from there and say, maybe you want to, don't want to pull out any more than 3% or 4%, depending on your age. Yeah. They want to retire fairly young, 57, 56. So our recommendation would be don't take out any more than, let's say, 3% out of the portfolio. Right. Yeah. At, at that age. And, and if you retire at 65, four is probably okay. If you, if you retire younger than 60, uh, probably three and, or less, right? Some people retire in their 40s, and then you, you really have to be careful then. So <clears throat> given the fact that they want to spend $100,000 a year, I mean, they're, they're pretty close. Yeah. 
But then where the wrinkle comes in is that, oh, wait a minute, we have college expense and that's going to cost us another 200 some odd thousand dollars. We have some money saved for college. So we're going to be short about 180 grand. Right. So what is the best way to fund that? And what she was thinking is that, Hey, well, let's just take it out of the retirement account because I'm not going to get a 10% penalty. Right. Missing one key fact there. And that is you have to pay tax on that 180 and you're still working. So you're in a higher bracket, right? So to pull out 180 net, you know, you might have to pull out 250 or whatever the number is. So anyway, you take your 2.6 million. I, I know you're saving 19,000 a year. So there's an extra, you know, 60 grand over three years or no, it's not, it's, it's six years. Right. So, so maybe that, maybe that extra 20 grand for, for six years almost covers the education. You so know? you can cash flow it per you, se. You can, you could almost cash flow it. You won't get a tax deduction. So your taxes would be higher and you do have uh, non-qualified of about 400,000. So, so you have some ability to do this a little bit more tax efficiently than just pulling it out of a, of a retirement account, paying tax while you're working in a higher tax bracket. Yeah. So, uh, the, the last place you want to go is the retirement account. You don't want to do that. So just check that off. Um, so the, the other two options is that you already you have the four hundred thousand dollars in non qualified accounts. Can you just use that? And the answer is probably yeah. Yeah, I mean, right? and 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 cash flow. Or you, you stop saving altogether because let's say at two point six million, they want to retire in like five years. Yeah, or three years. I think six. Six years. Yep. All right. So yeah. let, let's say the market doesn't grow. I mean the the. the her accounts don't grow with the market over the next six years because they go down, they go up and they stay flat. They, they still have $2.6 million. They right. want to spend a hundred thousand dollars. They're going to cash flow the, the college, or yeah. maybe they dip in maybe just another a little bit, 50 grand yeah. over the course of whatever. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let's just say to be conservative, they end up with 2.5 million, right. At retirement. Yeah. They spend a hundred thousand dollars of non-qual and they cash flow the rest out of um, for, for yeah. education. So you take a hundred, thousand divided by 2.5 million and you get four percent and we just said when you're under 60 you'd like it to be three but we're skipping a huge point here which is you will get social security and or pensions so we don't know what that is but it, it's okay to have a little bit higher distribution rate for a few years knowing that social security will kick in and then you'll have a you'll, you'll basically be have, have have a better distribution rate that will probably last you. So the way that you know for sure is you kind of run some cash flow forecasting, but just back of the envelope, you're probably okay. If the hundred thousand, maybe that's a little bit high. I don't know. I mean, you might want to spend just a little bit less just to give yourself a little bit more cushion, but I think, I think you're pretty close. Yeah. Without question. Um, it's just looking at, you know, what assumptions that you want to use. Yeah. And the other thing people do, um, particularly if they retire in their fifties, is you work part-time, you work part-time, right? And make 20 grand a year. Right. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they each make 20 or maybe one makes 20. I mean, just an extra 20 grand goes a long way. Yeah, right? for sure. Because then that's $20,000 that you're not pulling from the overall portfolio. Right. And so then that money compounds and yeah. And now your distribution rates closer to 3% and that's, which is, which is a good number. And that's even without social security. Yeah. So um, I, I think Maddie, you're right on track. Don't take it from the retirement account. Cause you're, if you pull out 180, oh, well, the only way that you would want to pull it out of the retirement account is to keep yourself in the 12% tax bracket. Right. I, I see where she's saying, Hey, we have all this money in a retirement account. And at some point we're going to get killed in taxes. Maybe I can deplete some of the retirement account. 
So you could pull a little bit out of those, but yeah, th- th- there's a limit too to how much that you can pull from a retirement account to have it qualified for education expense. Yeah, it, is it ten thousand a forget, year? Or yeah, ten thousand one time. I can't remember right off. But no, I, I can't remember because that's usually the last place that you yeah, would want. Right, right, exactly. I I will say one more thing, Maddie. You have not missed the Roth conversion opportunity. In fact, when you retire, assuming it's still around which at the moment it's supposed to be assuming it's still around in, in five or six years when you retire, that's when your income is low. That's going to be your best time to do these Roth conversions and put yourself in a great position by the time you guys hit age 72, which is the current required minimum distribution date. Yeah. I mean, because they're so young, they got plenty of time to, yeah, I I wouldn't feel bad about that at all. You know, they're not really spending a ton of cash. Right. Um, they've done a phenomenal job of saving, uh, you know, two and a half million dollars plus. Um, yep. You know, yeah. So, you know, retiring at 56, 55, I think is in the cards. All right. Well, um, 10 hours, Maddie, of listening to the show on a road trip. I, <laughs> so we, we apologize, but <laughs> you probably didn't have any trouble falling asleep that night. <laughs> Who's driving? <laughs> they had so, to take turns. Yes. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep at the wheel. Don't make any major decisions that impact your entire retirement future without first running them by a fee-only fiduciary like one of the experienced financial professionals on Joe and Big Al's team at Pure Financial Advisors. They don't sell any investment products, so they'll never earn any commissions off of you, and the law requires them to act in the client's best interest. They'll analyze your entire financial picture, not just what you hear Joe and Big Al talk about on the podcast. They can help you determine the proper investments for your portfolio based on your your tolerance for risk and your retirement needs and goals. They can work with you to determine when and how to claim social security so you maximize your benefits. They can help you identify ways to lower your taxes now and in retirement and much more. Click the get an assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Schedule an appointment either via Zoom or at one of Pure's six offices in Southern California, Seattle, or Chicago, and make sure that you're on track for your retirement. Tim writes in, Hey, I would like to see if we're on track to retire in three years. Okay, got that out? Three years. Got it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. My, my salary, 190. My wife's 100. All right, so call it 300,000 of income. Okay. I am uh, 62. My wife is 52, trying to get her to work a few more years, but it's tough sell. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. Uh, we have $900,000 in 401k IRAs, no Roth savings. 750000 in a brokerage account, 210000 in an inherited annuity that I can access anytime with no fees. Okay. So what's that? That's, that's 1.8? Yeah. Yeah. 1.9 is. 1.9. Then I have 800000 in a rabbi trust. I will not have access to the rabbi until five years after separation. I will then receive a payout over 10 years. Rabbi trust. Al, haven't heard that term in no, quite we, some time. No, we, we don't see that much, but that that's a, a non-qualified deferred comp plan. A few companies have it. It's not very common, but the non-qualified deferred comp plan is is usually it's for the executives or higher paid employees, and they they set up a, a plan where smaller you can, businesses yeah usually have yeah it. and the 
where you can sort of defer some of your salary. You don't pay tax on it or you, or you get the full salary, but the company makes contributions. So there's money that's set aside and, uh, and it, it accumulates. And then when you retire, and, and I guess in this case, five years after separation, there's a 10-year payout, you will get that money as long as the company hasn't gone bankrupt. Because it's not a separate account, like a like a pension, four hundred one k, four hundred one k, right? Uh, which that's the problem with these non qualified deferred comp plans. If the company's not stable, it, it, you don't necessarily want to put a lot of money in them. Um, we safe seventy five a year into the rabbi, and fifty k and twenty five k into the four hundred one k. So um, I'm guessing Tim here self employed. So he set up a rabbi trust for himself. He's putting $75,000 a year out of his 190. And then he's got the solo 401k and kind of the employee match to get the defined contribution plan up to 50 grand is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking so too. So he's saving a hundred out of his 190. So he's taking home 90,000. Wife is putting in um, 25,000 into her 401k. I would like 120 after taxes in retirement. I really enjoy the show. All right. So he wants to retire in three years, he said. Yep. Um, and he's saving 75. Yeah. So he's got about 2.6 million, three years, 75,000, maybe a little growth. Let's just call it 3 million just to have a nice round number. Okay. So that's, that's what he's got. And he's 62 and he's going to be 65. We don't know social security, yeah, but he's at an age where he could start taking it. So he's at $190,000 of income. He's probably, I don't know, let's call it 35,000 of social security. Yeah, that's a good salary. So yeah, yeah, at, right? at that at that age, and if he waits till seventy, it'd probably be forty eight, fifty thousand, something like that. Um, can he spend one twenty after taxes? Well, we have to figure out the taxes, but let's just say one fifty. Let's say it's thirty thousand taxes, and he, and he needs one fifty. So then you take one fifty, and you divide it into three million. So what what is that? Uh, top of my head, there I don't know five percent. <laughs> With your calculator. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So 5% on its own would be too high. However, we don't know about your social security. Yeah. And, and another, and whether you have another pension. But, but the rabbi trust, the, 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 you just have to map this out. I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward because your payment, I don't know what the, is it a split payment on the rabbi trust? So you have to separate from service for five years. Then you got to have an assumed growth rate on the rabbi trust. If it's, you know, diversified, depending on how that's set up, then you get a 10 year payment from that is an equal, you know, periodic payment on the rabbi trust. I don't know the the exact, you know, rules on a, on the rabbi. And and plus plus it's a non-qualified plan, which basically means there's not a, that each plan is different, right? So we we can't really, we can't really talk like it's a 401k. There's similar uh, rules. Yeah. I, I think he's done a hell of a job. I, Me too. It's, 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 it's close. It, it's, it's very close. And um, at 65, again, we don't know the other fixed income so that we, we kind of need that to know this. For Wife's sure. 52. So she's young. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what I think the money's got to last a little bit longer. Five, five, so probably 3% distribution rate. I don't well, know. I, I don't know. Cause he's at social security age and she, with a lower salary, you know, if he passes, she would take that over. So there's a lot we don't know. And even if we did know it, I'm not a computer in my head. So you have to kind of run, run some numbers, but I agree with you, Joe, it's close. I think it's based upon what we know. It's a little bit short. However, I'm not factoring social security because I don't know what that is. Because I really enjoy your show. Thank you. Go out and make a difference. 
Tim. Okay. We're trying. I'm going to just every letter I write, I'm going to end it with that. I think that might actually be from the movie Deadpool. Wow. (laughs) That's pretty good. All right. Go out, make a difference. Yeah, I will. And also, I was just curious whether or not he had it was something to do with being a rabbi. And I looked it up and apparently the only reason it's called that is because the first such trust that was set up was for the benefit of a rabbi. That is correct. Don't have to be a rabbi. (laughs) (laughs) Answering money questions. Running out of uh, material here, folks. Go to yourmoneywealth.com. Start asking us some questions. And the word not getting as popular. <laughs> well, so we don't charge anything. This although, is free. This although your your fi- a free spitball. Your your finances will be over the air airwaves. However, change your name so no one will know who you are. Yeah, yeah we've had people like the Duke. I mean, people come up with great names. Write in with your your best uh, fake name. Get right. it on the air. Cool. All right. We got uh, Jamie from Pinehurst, North Carolina. Hello, Andy, Joe in Big Al. Enjoy the podcast and good banner while on the road for Big Brown. Yeah. UPS. Yeah. (laughs) Big Brown. I drive a 2014 Honda Accord and enjoy a a few cold Modellos uh, while hitting the links on the weekends. Ooh. Ooh, right. Right. Drinking my beer and playing your sport. Yeah. I, I could throw down a couple of Modellos, hit the links. I'm 31, yo. Wife is 29, yo. We both make around $100,000 $120,000 a year. As of last year, we maxed out the 401k pre-tax and Roth IRAs with extra money going into brokerage accounts. If I'm planning on retiring with Big Brown and receive a pension at 47, just about $4,000 a month, should I be doing more Roth in my 401k or pre-tax bring down the adjusted gross income with a baby girl. That's one year old. Um, only Dennis 20 year mortgage, 198,000 with 18 years left. 2.65 401k is already 50, 50 Roth and pre-tax Roth IRAs is 40 K brokerage is 60 K love the pod. <laughs> Got a lot of guys tuning in every Tuesday. All right. Boom. Glad Excellent. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you for sharing the podcast. Just like I say yeah. every week. Big Brown. Okay. So I guess. And by the, the way, question... Jamie's pension was going to be at 57, not 47. Oh, 57. So, all right. So what's, okay. the, what's the question? More Roth? Yeah. What do so, you think? so he wants to, should he be doing more Roth as 401k or, or pre-tax to bring down the adjusted gross income? That, that's a pretty easy one. <laughs> more Roth. Yep. I mean, he's young, 31, right. 29. So, so here's here's the reason why, Jamie. It's because you're young. Your salary will probably go up over time. Tax rates, tax brackets right now are kind of are near all-time lows, and you're probably going to be making more money as, as you go. So get as much in a Roth now when you're when you're making higher salaries and well, they're both. I mean, they're making $200,000, so it's not chump change here, Big Al. Yeah. I know but, you got a big wallet. <laughs> but okay, let me let me let me let me drive in the big brown. Maybe someday. That's why I can't drive in the big brown. I can't. Someday you'll start making some real money I can, like I do. I can't. I can't sit on that wallet for eight hours a day. No, let me let me explain, man. Oh man. So so I don't care if you're making two hundred thousand or whatever. So two hundred thousand for a married couple. Right? You're in the 24% tax rate, right, which is a pretty good bracket. Yeah, and, no, I agree. And, and I agree. I'm just guesstimating that the salaries for both of them will probably go will, up will over be a, 
not only will the salaries go up, but the tax rates are going up. Yep. So I'm thinking now is a great time to do Roth, especially because the market's down. So you want to get as much in as you can, make your investments and have that growth uh, on the on the rebound. So I agree with that 100%. Another thing, uh, Jamie, is this. You're not going to remember the tax deduction. You just won't. You know what I mean? It's like you're, you're going to save a few bucks a month from your paycheck if you went pre-tax versus Roth, right? So you're going to have a little bit less take home. But once you do it after a couple of weeks, you're going to get used to spending your take home. And then 20, 30 years, 15 years, whenever you want to retire, you're going to have a giant pot of money that's tax free. You know what I mean? You're going to be like, damn, I'm so glad that I wrote in. <laughs> now, on the other hand, if you find out with the new, with the baby girl, it's a little more expensive than you thought. Like you can only afford one diaper a week and yeah. you need more than that. Well, then you then, switch. Then you, then you kind of switch over a little bit. Yeah. But um, you're going to have a pension. You will have social security. You're going to have a lot of um, some, some good fixed income that will already be a floor that could be at a, a fairly decent rate. So then every additional dollar that you're going to be pulling out of your 401ks and IRAs and everything else is going to be taxed at ordinary income. If you start now with Roth and get the compounding effects of tax-free dollars at 30 years old over the next 20, 25 years, I mean, it's going to be significant. And all of that is exempt from tax. So Yeah. And one other key point, I think, is if you're getting a pension of 4000 a month, and I don't know what that'll be when you're 57, it's going to be higher. But just, just right now, that's about 50000 a year. You multiply that by 25, that's equivalent to having an IRA of a million two fifty, because that would be a 4% distribution rate. So you're already going to have 1.2 million ish, right? I mean, equivalent in a, in a pension plan. So you kind of want to get as much in the Roth as you can. Right. Uh, in, in other, to say it another way, for those of us that don't have a pension, I need to save at least a million two, $1.2 million saved to create the income that your pension is going to give. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. So if you think about what that pension is really worth, it's million, right? Yeah. It's a million bucks. Million plus. Right. So, um, all right. Hey, thanks for the call. And uh, let's hit the links. I would love to play Pinehurst. Download Big Al's Quick Retirement Calculator Guide for a first look at how prepared you are for retirement. Ask Joe and Big Al on air for your own retirement spitball and schedule an in-depth one-on-one financial assessment with one of the experienced financial professionals on Joe and Big Al's team at Pure Financial Advisors. All three are completely and entirely free, and you can do them all from the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Just click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to get started. While you're there, read the transcript of today's episode and do us a favor and click the share button to tell your friends and your neighbors and family and colleagues and strangers about YMYW. Spread the knowledge and help us grow the show. All right. This is from oh, Carl. Carl's back with me. Yeah. You know who that is? Caddyshack. Yeah. Yeah. I like, uh, I like the names. All right. Now we're getting creative, folks. This is what we need. He goes, hi, guys. Love the show. <clears throat> well, I love your movies. Um, or I love <laughs> the, the fact that you're a groundskeeper. Um, right. And, and a funny one at that. Yes, he is. Um, okay. He's got a question for you, Big Al. In 2022, okay. the 12% tax bracket caps out at 83550 after adding my standard deduction of $25,900. Uh, if I have zero income, I can basically do a Roth conversion of $110,000, and none of those dollars will be taxed higher than 12%. 
And so how he gets that, folks, is you take 110 and add back the standard deduction of 25,900. So you add those two together and he's saying, or 83,000. Yes, you subtract. You subtract 110 from 25 or add 83 in 25, <laughs> then you get to 100. So in other words, you can have 110,000 of income if you're married, finally joint in 2022 and still be in the, the 12% bracket. Correct. Um, so now let's pretend that I have a $10,000 in long-term capital gain, another $10,000 of qualified dividends. Even those, those types of income are taxed differently than earned income. Do they still have the same effect as earned income when it comes to maximizing my Roth conversion within a particular bracket? In other words, can I only convert $90,000 if I wish to stay in the 12% or less? Thanks for spitballing. Drink of choice. Number one, if for one beer, I'm sorry, for one beer, if he's only going to have a beer, uh, yeah. that's Dosecki's Amber with a little salted glass. Got it. Okay. Have you ever had a beer? <laughs> yeah, I have. Just one. It's seldom, but I have. <laughs> I don't think I have. <laughs> Hasn't happened. Uh, if, if I'm only going to have one. I'm going to have water. Well, it's, I mean, I have had, I mean, I, I drink occasionally during the week. I know you don't. And I might have one beer. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. A little Monday nighter. Yeah. Mon yeah. Watch, <laughs> watch the football game and crack open my beer. You got it. Got it. <laughs> Um, okay. So if he's going more than one beer, um, okay. he's going to go Coors Light. Oh yeah. Well, Dos Equis Amber, Amber is a little bit stronger. Is so. it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know you don't venture out much. I don't <laughs> stick with what I know. Um, so yeah, if he's going to have a couple, he's going Coors Light. Yeah. Uh, so when I go golfing, it's Coors Light for sure. Uh, it's in the hole. All the best. Carl Spackler, Florida. All right, cool. Thank you very much for this is a very popular question. It um, is. And it's also a very confusing question <laughs> because I talk about capital gains sitting on top of ordinary income and blah, 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 which is the basic rule, except when you're in the 12% bracket going to the next bracket. And let me explain, maybe the best way to think about this is what if you already have $20,000 of, of long-term capital gain and or qualified dividends, which is taxed at zero when you're in the 12% bracket, let's say you already have it, right? And so in his, in his example, he could create 110,000 of income. So the Roth conversion would only be 90,000 to stay at the 110. And in that case, so you're gonna have $20,000 of capital gains and qualified dividends tax at zero, right? And then you're gonna pay 12% uh, on, you know, roughly 70,000, right? Actually uh, 60,000 ish. Um, so, but, the, but then you should stop because if you add more Roth conversion on top of that, that dollar Roth conversion will be taxed at 12% and it's going to push your capital gains up because it's not, you're not all in the 12%. So you're going to, you're going to pay 15% on that extra dollar of capital gains. So your effective rate is actually 27% because you're being taxed on the Roth conversion that got you over that. And it happened to push your capital gains over that. So you get taxed on that at 15% as well. So when you're at the 12% bracket with a combination of Roth conversions and capital gains, keep it right at that 12% bracket with all income. So let me um, paraphrase. Yeah. <laughs> so to, to answer his question, um, can he do a 
$110,000 Roth conversion and stay in the 12% tax bracket? The answer is yes. Yeah, if there's no other income. If there's other income, that's fine. His Roth conversion is still taxed at 12. Right. But then what happens with the dividends is that you're losing out on a 0% capital gains rate right. is, is, is Al's point. So it's like, well, I'd much rather pay 0% on the dividends and the capital gain than pay 15% plus state. Right. So you would want to stay all income in that 12% to take advantage of the 0% capital gains bracket uh, for your dividends and your capital gains. And then you would just convert to keep you at the top of the 12 from there. But if he's like, you know what, I don't care. I want to convert to the 12 and I don't care if I want to pay capital gains tax, we would not probably recommend that, that. No, we wouldn't. Yeah. Because, and just to, but to, just to, uh, just yeah. so he understands, right. Because that, that, that helps when you start getting into like the 27% tax bracket, people are like, what the hell is that all about? <laughs> because it's kind of the same with social yes. security when people got to be careful about when they start doing conversions or adding income, when they're taking social security. And if the, depending on how much of their social security is taxed. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say it maybe this way. So if you did, let's say you've got the $20,000 of that capital gain, you do a $90,000 conversion. So you're at the 110. And I agree that stays in the 12% bracket. Great. So you're going to pay the 12% on the ordinary income part and nothing on the capital gains. If you add another $20,000 of Roth conversions, you're going to pay 12% on that $20,000 of Roth conversions. And you're going to pay 15% on that capital gains that got pushed up into the next bracket. So that's why so you I'm, take the 15 I'm and the adding those two together, which is like a 27% effective rate. It's actually easier to see when you look at the tax projections side by side, but that's what's happening. So the, the simple answer is if you have Roth conversion, if you want to do Roth conversion and you have long-term capital gains and you're in the 12% bracket, stop at the 12% with all income, including capital gains. All right. Hopefully that helps y'all. Um, it's, it's hard though to, to forecast some of that because, you know, you know, dividends know. You, you, depending on their mutual funds, sometimes it kind of kicks out some qualified dividends there. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, well. And a lot of times you don't get your capital gain dividends till the end of the year exactly. anyway, right? So you might want to wait on your Roth conversion till the end of the year when you know what your, your capital gain dividends are. Or, or, or split it up. Um, you know, you probably want to, in my spitball, I would want to convert at least half of what my projection is in the beginning of the year. Yeah. Right. I, I agree. Just to get it in sooner. Just to get it in sooner, because That's, then you get the compounding effect of tax-free growth in the Roth IRA all year long. Especially now while the market's down, this is the best time to do it. By far. You know, and if you screw up in a down market like this, the market's down 20 some odd percent. And so if you convert a little bit too much and you get into that weird tax bracket, I mean, it's not the end of the world because all of that rebound of the the, the market is now in the Roth and that will grow tax-free. So a lot of things to consider, especially in a volatile market. You, you know, just taking a lemons and making them lemonade. How about that for a cheesy uh, little... Um, did you just think of that? Yeah, I just made that. I made that up. <laughs> All right. That's it for us. Have a wonderful, uh, w- w- wonderful life, everyone. We'll see you here again next time. Just got your money roll. Driving for Big Brown and almost living next to Bill Murray in the derails at the end of the episode. So stick around if you just can't get enough. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click that Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule your free financial assessment. 
Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Did I ever tell you the story I was going to buy a house next to uh, Bill Murray's place? No, I haven't Palma heard that Valley. story. Uh-uh. Yeah, he's got a place in Palma Valley. You know okay. what that is? Have you played golf there? I... Let's see if I play it. I think so. Is that on the way to Fallbrook or yeah, well, that, that area? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he owns a couple of homes up there. Okay. Remember. Um, but yeah, almost fucked his okay. shack. Yeah, but, little caddy shack. Yeah. Well, not, yeah, it was like a little <laughs> compared to his place. But, right. Um, yeah. Got it. That would have been cool. Yeah. Totally. He, he's only up there. I'm sure. A couple, couple weeks, a couple <laughs> weeks out, of, out of the year. You probably lost track of his homes. Yeah, probably. Did you ever drive one of those trucks? No. I, I Did you? Very good at it. Oh, I would. That would be awful. I, would just, I don't. I don't want to drive a motorhome. I, uh, I don't. I don't want to do any of that stuff. No. I. I mean, I give the utmost respect for the big brown drivers. <laughs> right. I mean, you, right. I like mean, they're, going they're, downtown, like we live in San Diego. Yeah. Right? And then you look, San. It, I, I haven't been downtown in quite some bit, but I used to live downtown. Right. And, you know, driving that and parking and, you know, running packages out. And, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and you're usually delivering to suburban neighborhoods where it's not exactly wide streets. Yeah. I don't know. Congrats. Yeah. I would, I, yeah, I would, I would have a panic attack every time I'd go to work. <laughs> uh, I thought you already did. I do. <laughs> I'm coming here too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's mutual. Oh my god, I got to spend another two hours with, with this guy. Oh my god. Uh, uh, you think he just like rips boxes and throws it? <laughs> I don't think so. I think those guys are careful. Sometimes I because do. there's there's breakable so, stuff. Sometimes in there. Big Brown comes in. It's not, it's it's not quite dis- what you thought. It's a little disheveled. Well, but it may, it, yeah, it may have happened some, but I think the drivers are pretty careful. That's my my, my cousin sent me some spotted cow fine. Oh, really? Yeah. From and did you New like Blair's, it? New Blair's. Yeah. Yeah. Big Brown uh, sent it to me. Yeah. I don't know if that, is that legal? <laughs> to send beer? And <laughs> to send <UPS>. beer? <laughs> yeah, UPS. I think so. Can, I don't know. I don't think I you don't... can send liquor, like, through the mail. Yeah, well, well, anyway, I just... I'm not an expert in well, interstate commerce. Anyway. Um, UPS right. only accepts packages containing spirits from shippers who are licensed under applicable law. Okay. So that might not be your cousin. Well, maybe, maybe you got a license. Well, you don't maybe know. So. Let's not make assumptions. Yes. You got a license to shift. Ship. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 